Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 122 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And we are here today. Jacob, can you move your sunglasses? Why are they so reflective? I, it's like I'm looking in a mirror. Well, yeah, because you've got to be able to fight off those UV rays, man. I hate sunglasses like that. You need to like be able to see the pe- person's eyeball when you're talking to them, or it's weird. You think? Yeah, well, I don't like looking at my own face when I'm talking to someone. That's why I don't like Zoom. I have to always do it so that I can see other people. Like, I don't want to see myself because then you look at yourself and then you're like, is that what I look like? Is that how the world sees me? I, and then I'm distracted. I do feel like it gives you an advantage in conversation when you'd be like, look at yourself. This is what I see. I didn't even pay for those sunglasses. I got them as part of like a, the Pittsburgh Marathon uh, swag bag. We wow. had that in there. Wow. So you still got ripped off. Oh, <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, let's just hop into things today because... There's just always a buzz going on. Is there any moment I'm going to turn on the news and just hear like a lovely story? Ah, no. Like, I mean, in 2020, I don't think it's I'm legally just waiting possible. for them to be like, it's official. The world's just melting and it is like a giant popsicle and eventually we'll all just fall and melt off. I don't even think if they put that information out there, people would care. They would just like, shrug eh, the show. That's they, all right. They announced aliens are real <laughs> and people were like, meh, old news. We heard a weird sound in our yard last night and Andrew like looked out the back door and he looked so disappointed I'm like what he's like I don't know I just thought for a second it was like a UFO (laughs) he was so sad that there wasn't one and then we had a talk for way too long about wow what would it be like if we saw UFO right now and I was like are you joking I'd be like what up here I am take me wherever whatever you gotta do that's fine I will deal with it just Take me somewhere new. It's also good to know that I need to be a little more quiet when I'm creeping around your backyard (laughs) tonight. That probably seems accurate. Um, So what we want to talk about today, because so much is going on in the news, and I hung out with my nephew the other day. He's 15, and he was asking me, like, what is up? Why is the post office in the news all the time? And I was like, yeah, it's never good when the post office is in the news. And it's in the news all the time. So we thought we would kind of break things down, any questions, and yeah, let's do that. So. I feel that concerns first mounted since Louis DeJoy, who is a major donor to uh, Donald Trump's campaign, which with large financial interests in the Postal Service's private competitors, he became Postmaster General in June. So that was like a first concern. And then Trump kind of further fueled people's fears after indicating in an interview on TV that he opposed additional funds for the USPS, even though that money is needed to manage the anticipated surge of mailed-in ballots um, in the fall election because people don't want to go to polling places because they're crowded and there's a, you know, coronavirus happening. I know, yeah, coronavirus, I never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole pandemic. You'll hear about it. So that is a big thing. You probably saw that now DeJoy has said he's going to stop kind of dismantling things, but he, and he, and he a lot of machines... he's not going to fix them. Yes, a lot of mail sorting machines have already been taken away. Like I know that um, my dad, who worked at the post office pretty much his whole life, told me there was like three mail sorting machines just from the the downtown post office, and like those are gone. Hmm. So they're not going to take more stuff, but they're not putting it back, um, which is not great. So a little thing, post office, people are like, who cares? Well, you should care. You should. 
Like, I mean, you want your Amazon packages, guys? Like, that's how they get there. Well, and hopefully other things you're ordering too, not just Amazon. But um, so <laughs> the, the post itself has been integral to America since colonial days. So the first concerted acts of patriots like Jefferson and Adams and you know, thousands of others of that, like what um, they created an underground postal system originally to dodge British spies in the 1760s and 1770s. And that was called the Committees of Correspondence, which is a dope name. Oh, that's a great name. You want to be involved in that. And then the Patriots created the Constitutional Post. That was in 1774. And that eventually became the uh, Post Office Department in 1775, a year before the Declaration. So it's really the oldest government agency. And the whole idea of a communication system is really woven into the DNA of America right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, the post office in that form, they were able to get messages from like Philadelphia and Boston to New York and back and forth in like 24 hours. And this yeah. is in 1700. Yeah. So like, and this is like that the kind first of information in newspapers, electoral information, like things that people didn't have access to otherwise. Do you know who our first postmaster general was? Um, I have a good idea. I think if Franklin. Yeah, yeah, Benjamin Franklin. Make, makes Co sense. Correct. And there, I mean, there's other things, too, that I think people don't know or don't think about. But the USPS has served as the catalyst for developing many of our nation's essential networks. So if you look at transportation, our national roads, our railroad systems and even our airlines were kicked off by a need to transport mail around the country um, as efficiently as possible. See, it's leading into a bunch of stuff, guys. I, I did, did. We just found out recently that the post office can apparently arrest people as well. I did not know that. I was a did fact. not. I mean, I did because I mean, mail fraud is such a sure is such a huge thing. Like I remember um, now, my dad worked for the the post office, but he was their union steward. So when people would have issues at work, employees, they would come to him for a fight for him and. You know, you occasionally hear about some of the cases. And I remember like a guy who was just taking extra junk mail in like a keeping it like that's an arrestable crime. Like that's a felony. He's like, like oh. even the guard, like give me them Arby's coupons. Like <laughs> so, you know, you can't you can't mess with. He's the like, mail. I'm going to win somebody's publisher's clearing. <laughs> yeah, one of these pretty, days. pretty much, which is kind of crazy. Um, but you have to keep in mind, like the United States Postal Service is not a business. And it's not just it's right, it's right in the title. It's called service. It's not even and it's not even just like an essential service. It is a vital service. It's kind of like the National Guard, like postal workers are a necessary kind of civilian army to make sure that we get important government notifications, checks, prescriptions. I mean, help us exercise the right to vote by supplying and delivering mail in ballots. So that is why we keep hearing about it, because this is not something that can just be dismantled that would be really bad no i mean can you imagine guys like having to pay twenty dollars to send in your bill or something because you have to put it through fedex or through ups or something like that it's oh, like come like, on guys that's yeah that's totally true like so, that's the ultimate goal so like we, privatization of the post office terrible idea yeah and i mean i've heard a lot of people being like well fedex and ups make profits so why can't the postal service and it's like yeah well you fail to explain that those companies make profits by charging you not like 
the 55 cents that it costs for you to mail a letter across the country, but around $25 to send a letter coast to coast. Mm -hmm. And unlike the USPS, FedEx, UPS, they don't have a universal service requirement to deliver to all addresses throughout the country. So if it isn't profitable, like they won't ship there. And also, anybody can tell me off the top of the head where you know where there's a FedEx or a UPS drop-off point? Like, if you just want to go, like, I, I couldn't tell you right off the top of, the, of my head where to I mean, go I know UPS one, but that's just because I, I mean, I drive by it all the time, yeah. but I can name way more Ho- post hope offices. You don't, hope you don't have any mail to deliver but after 5 o'clock, because if they're closed, you got nothing going on. And it's really funny. So you're like, oh, I went to FedEx to send something to rural, you know whatever the upper peninsula of michigan or something so fedex i mean they don't deliver there so what do they do they take your money they're like yoink give me that big money and then they bring the package Mm -hmm. to the post office and have the post office deliver it at a much lower rate and then they pocket the difference See, that's capitalism, everybody. So maybe maybe privatization of the post office is not something you want yeah i mean the usps they sometimes lose money delivering the package I mean, that's very common in rural areas, but they do it because they have a mandate to serve every American, no matter who they are or where they live. And that is really important. And that is why, you know, people are really fighting for them right now. Yeah. And guys, it's such an essential service. And it it seems like something that people just forget about and they really should not. Even if I I mean, it's 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 gone down a lot because the declining mail volume. So they've Mm -hmm. been really struggling from that. And also, so another reason that they are so messed up financially, because they are, they're in a really bad situation, was there is this crazy requirement that Congress and President Bush imposed on them in 2006. Have you read about that? Oh, I know all about the one you're about to mention. Yeah, so unlike any other government agency or private company, the USPS is required to prepay health benefits for retirees 75 years into the future. Yeah. So what that means is that the post office must fund have funds in reserve to pay for future workers who've not been born yet. Yeah. So I mean, it's like $5 billion a year, which basically makes the post office pretty much profitable or at least breaking even if they didn't have to keep putting money into those stupid yeah i mean it's been like every year that's like just an albatross around the neck of them since it was implemented because it costs billions of dollars every year and it making up nearly all of its operating losses which totaled 8.8 billion in the 2019 fiscal year i mean think about that every 75 years that means somebody is born grows up works at the post office and dies they could all be within the period of time that they have prepaid for somebody's retirement. So, like, somebody could live their entire life, not even have to touch how long it, they have to pl- plan ahead for employees. It's nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts that they have to do that. It, it is really crazy. And, again, even though its mail volume has declined, they still delivered 142 billion pieces of mail in 2019. And not even all easy ones. I always feel bad when I order something really heavy. And I have I know that the poor yeah. mail guy is going to have to like drag it out of this This thing. is why every Christmas um, we leave a nice... We leave a nice gift for our postal worker, Brian. Shout, oh, yeah. out, shout out to Brian. Would you, would you leave last year? We always leave him money. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> we either leave, leave him a gift card or just He probably appreciates that a lot oh, more yeah, than we like get, getting we a get bunch a little of thank you card. We're actually going to leave him a gift now just to be like, sorry that your life probably sucks, Brian. Sorry that I order so much garbage. <laughs> I'm sad in 2020 and I'm stressed buying things. So that's, that's 
that's what's happening there. And like their job is hard. Not only do I a not want to carry all of this mail like oh, no. in the freezing cold with like dogs chasing me and things like that, but they're testing positive for the coronavirus by the hundreds. Which makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, I know at least 19 postal workers have died directly related to delivering mail during this time, but I mean, there's probably more. Oh, I'm sure there's more. They, you know, if they get tested, they'd probably be able to figure that so out. That's but. rough. And, you know, side note, and I will tell that my mom and dad both listen to this show, so I would recommend that they both just don't listen right now because they're not really copacetic anymore. But they did meet at the post office because they, they both wor- worked there. So if it wasn't for the post office, I wouldn't even exist. I, I cannot even imagine what the pickup line was at the <laughs> post office. <laughs> That like your, I assume it was your dad wooed your mom with. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that any further. Um, I smell an off, but, off um, show discussion we're going to have. But after. then, yeah, my dad uh, ended up retiring from the post office. So he was there for the rest of his time. Nice. Um. Okay. So we decided to rack our brains and come up with the most memorable postal workers from film and TV. Which was harder than you would actually uh, yeah, think. Yeah. Not a profession that immediately inspires uh, creativity within pop culture. At least not positive <laughs> ones, that's for sure. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we kind of left some of the negative stuff out, but there, there's been some gems in there if you look closely enough. Yeah, yeah there's some interest, and there's some characters that I didn't know were mailmen that I found out that I'm like, oh. There's a really important uh, male woman in Pee Wee's Playhouse. Let's not forget. I actually, we'll talk about that in a second, but I actually oh, you thought, have I thought that, no, I had it, but oh. I actually thought it was Lawrence Fishburne, wasn't he? I thought he was the mailman, but apparently he was somebody else on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Maybe he was the chair. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I really don't a chair know. named Cherry? I know. I remember that much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't want to get off a tangent. You, you know want... what I mean? The postal worker was a big deal in Mr. Rogers. Yes, he was. He, but like, the postman delivered a letter. Mr. Rogers, I love so much. As he was swip- swapping out sweaters and slippers and such. Best guy. Okay, so we have to start. I would say everyone agreed this is the most famous TV mailman of all time, and that would be Cliff Clavin from Cheers. I think that's pretty safe to say. He has very small competition, but I definitely know that he is like the iconic one. I love him so much. He was just played so brilliantly by John Ratzenberger. Um Who's actually making appearances again? You see, he's doing like he's been doing like um, PSAs for the post office in no, the past couple of weeks. No, has he? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like he's like yeah, That's come on, fantastic. Say the post I can't. I don't have a Cliff Clavin impression. I probably should work on a Ratzenberger, but yeah, I, I think he was just kind of. I'm not gonna do it either. We're garbage. <laughs> but you know, he spent most of his time just enraging everyone at the bar with his tiresome anecdotes, uh, mostly about the postal service, and nobody cared at all. And they were all like really outrageous lies. Like he definitely wanted to make it. A Wait, like were they though? Were they lying? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, he still lived with his mom despite being a middle-aged man. Hey, um, that's a, he was a man ahead of his time. That's <laughs> flash forward forty years. It's and true. He thing. was living an entirely unfulfilled life, so it really it really works now. But he ended up <laughs> being the butt of I think like a ton of the show's jokes, um, and he is probably the most hilarious anti-advertisement for the mail service, which is why it's mm. funny that they're using him. <laughs> because he was like he was kind of like 
the worst mailman, um, but the most memorable. Yeah, it's kind of like that 80s uh, personification of mailman kind of like being lazy and not doing an awful lot. Yeah, I feel like you're always, that's like joke follows any union job. So you just, it gets a little old. But I do love that in one of the episodes, like he gave up marrying the love of his life. I know you weren't a huge Cheers fan. Because marrying her would involve moving up north and having to work for the Canada Post, and he just couldn't do it. Oh. He just couldn't well, leave the USPS. I appreciate a man <laughs> with morals. <like laughs> yeah, sure. So always check out Cheers. It's still a great show. I rewatched it a few years ago, and I was I was pretty jazzed about it. I maybe have to go bit and watch it. I feel like as a show, just like Frasier, that as an adult, I probably will enjoy a lot That's more. That's true. Yeah, Frasier's a pretty good show, too. Well, they're connected, too. So Correct. Got to watch one to the other. <laughs> All right. All right. So I guess the other iconic TV uh, mailman who's on the complete other end of the spectrum we got to talk about Newman from Seinfeld. I don't even know if he's on the total other end of the spectrum, but he's definitely the most despicable of all. So if you don't know who Newman is, I'm amazed at that if you're in <laughs> Western New York. This is Jerry's annoying and nefarious downstairs neighbor, uh, Newman, who works for the post office. The you know Work in quotes. Yeah, work. Played quote brilliantly quote. again by Wayne Knight, who... I have to say, I just was watching Jurassic Park the other day, and you know, he's in it. And I was like, did Wayne Knight, like growing up, did he know he was going to be a famous TV and movie star? Because he is... He just—he's the worst. He's—he's he's got a perfect character for he's—he's he's like he developed is just it. a deplorable face and just so irritating and just oh, such yes. a bad guy on <laughs> Seinfeld. And he was so funny on that show too. Like anytime he would pop up, you didn't even know why. You'd be like, oh man, I'm about to see some stupid ridiculous yeah, totally. schemes going on. Um, yeah, and then the idea that how obsessed he was being a mailman. Well, it was his high position that he could hold over Jerry. Like, ooh, I'm a postal worker. <laughs> and like, oh, like, and the way they made it kind of like to be a little bit evil, the post office and the po- um, postal workers, for like they played it up as evil as a joke kind of deal. Yeah, like that it had some unseen dark side. Yeah, you like know? there was something else going on just behind that door. <laughs> yeah, like he had some whole bit about how he worked the same route as the son of Sam killer. <laughs> <laughs> like Which, he was really proud of that. Try try making that joke now in twenty twenty. <laughs> that's not gonna fly. Yeah, that would not that would not go over well. But yeah, probably one of the laziest, arrogant, <laughs> worst employees in fiction or otherwise that but, has ever existed. But we still love him. It doesn't matter if he's terrible. We Didn't still he hide the, the mail for a really long time? I feel like he did. Yes. I feel like there's a chance that some postal worker in real life really upset Larry David because it seems like Larry David really really hates. USPS, and you know how he is. Everything affects him, so I wouldn't... We could probably go back and watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm sure there's an episode involving mailmen somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. What else do you have? Um, okay, so I also have... Did you know from the Dennis the Menace that Mr. Wilson oh, was yeah, a that's mailman? Right. I did not know that. I haven't thought about that. Um... Yeah. So was he? They made a movie out of that, right? They did. I was actually going to mention the movie, and I like the movie. Oh, do you? I don't really remember it. So, yeah, the movie stars uh, Christopher Lloyd and Walter Matthau as Mr. Wilson, and it's your typical mid-'90s Disney wholesome kind of movie. Okay. There's hijinks. There's shenanigans. There's the vague overthrow of murdering children, just oh, like sure. all just like all Disney movies sure. were back in the day. <laughs> um, but Mr. Wilson was like the put-upon neighbor uh, for Dennis in all the comic strips and comics and movies. And he basically he's is a just... a bad little guy. Yeah. Poor, kid just terrorizes this poor old man. And he just <laughs> yeah, got to sit does. there and take it. And now we know why he has 
such immense patience because he's a mailman. He deals with this crap every day. What problem is an annoying kid next door when you have little yapping dogs and chihuahuas chasing you down the street every yeah, day? Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I hate Dennis the Menace. It sounds Go awful. Go back and watch Dennis. He's like the worst kid. Like, I wouldn't even, no way I'm putting on Mr. Wilson's side the entire time watching it. Yeah, no, I don't Breaks like my front teeth, so I got it, and puts chiclets in there the day of my <laughs> Garden right. Magazine cover right. shoot. Um, Man, I've seen that movie way too many times. I, I believe so. I want to talk about this movie. Did you ever see Paris, Je t'aime? Uh, of course not, no. Okay, so it's an okay film, but it kind of has like all of these little bits of people telling all separate stories. Okay. So this one, I mean, you know, I'm really pushing it because this, this character, so played by uh, Margot Martindale, who oh, I really her love. I, She's her great. I know. She plays Carol in her little vignette in the movie, which is probably only about seven minutes long. But she is a, a mail carrier, and she's in Paris, and she just does the saddest little vignette you ever did here. Um, but it's really good. It's probably the best part of the movie. So I'm just, I just had to throw her in because she is a postal service worker that I love. It's a positive influence. Poor Carol. And then we, we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. The film of the title there, The Postman. I mean, do we have to mention it? I mean, I'm not going to try and convince anyone that Kevin Costner's Postman is a good film. Because I, you, well, you can't. That's a patent lie. It's an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Man. Oh, Think it is. about that. But well. regardless of it's just horrid content, it does feature one of the toughest Postman characters ever put to film. Yeah. Considering that he goes about trying to deliver the mail during an apocalypse. Also, this apocalypse takes place in 2013. <laughs> so. sounds, about, sounds about right. You know, they almost got it. They're just a few years off. Don't forget, that was also, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Read the book, everybody. It's in 1985. Is it a good book? It was nominated for a Hugo Award for Best Sci-Fi Book the year it came out. Oh. And I have a feeling like the whole, all the problems in that thing has to do with Kevin Costner making this a vanity project. Yeah. Deciding, I'm the biggest movie star in the world. I'm going to make I mean, a movie. I like the idea. So, like, Costner is this... He's largely like nameless character, but he goes about adopting the guys. Well, he's not nameless. He's the postman. Oh, well, sure. But (laughs) the guys of a postal employee just to get by. And the establishment of a new postal service is paralleled with the setting up of a new authority, resulting in what is like essentially the most bizarre civil war ever committed to film. It's like like two, two postmen against each other. I don't I don't really know. But what they're trying to do is show that the Postal Service is a literal foundation upon which a civilization is built, which we got into, which it kind of is. The building sure. of the roads and the beginning of informa- sharing of information. Um, nevertheless, it's terrible and, it's, and don't do yeah. it. Three hour movie, Kevin Costner. That's all you need to know. Stay, give this one a while. I mean, you're not going to get a postman who's more awesome than the character is. Well, yeah, but it's. It's a it's a terrible movie, but I am really interested in the book now. That's fascinating. Yeah, to me. Go, it's 1985 book. Go check it out. Okay. Uh, you know you know what else? Speaking of kind of mailmen, you forget about. Uh, did you know on Deadwood the character of oh, yeah. Charlie Utter yes. was a mailman, which I did not realize while I was watching that show for the longest time. But it's funny that his profession being the mailman, which they do make a point of on the show, and then he ends up being... Well, that's because I feel like he never actually did that. Well, no, he kind of came into town and hung <laughs> but out But maybe, the like, there wasn't that much 
mail to deliver when people just sat around and drink all day. <laughs> so if, you, if you've never watched Deadwood, and you really should because it's amazing, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie was basically one of the voices of, one of the kind, nice voices on the show. We'd quote Deadwood, uh, but we're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to swear because, you know. Can't ever, Q can't ever play a clip from Deadwood. Oh, we, we've checked it. Trust <laughs> yeah. me, there is nothing we can play. But he's like the voice of reason, the heart. He's like the one that everybody knows. He's always honest with everybody. He's like your kind old man. So it's funny to think that the postman on the show is actually kind of like the most wholesome person in this entire terrible town that was Deadwood. And um, amusingly, this Charlie Utter character, like many of the other characters in Deadwood, actually did exist in real life. Yeah, which is fun to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's such a great show, Deadwood, man. I got to go back and rewatch it. I think even, I, the, even the movie was fantastic. I didn't see the movie. I actually don't even think I saw all of Deadwood. I think that was at a time where I watched it and then like moved and lost HBO when I was young and was like, well. Well, you're in luck that's because the end of that. now you can watch the whole thing all at once. You didn't have to get with that terrible season three cliffhanger. Oh, and I guess. Great. Unfortunately, you want to know who the most famous sports related mailman is, Michelle? Oh, I don't know. It oh, is, is it a wrestler? It's not a wrestler. Okay. But I do have a couple that I'm not going to bring up. <laughs> Thank no, you. It is Carl Malone of the Utah Jazz, the uh, Hall of Fame power forward, played in the late 80s or um, all throughout the 90s. His nickname was the Mailman. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was like, wait, he retired and became a mailman? <laughs> do you know why he was called the Mailman, Michelle? Because he always delivered. Look at that. You nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) Thank you. Guy's the all-time leader. He's one of the scoring leaders in NBA history. Him and John Stockton made one of the most famous combinations of basketball history. (sighs) Kind of like the Buffalo Bills of the NBA. They're famous for never winning a championship. Oh, cool. Despite being really good. All right. But... (laughs) Great. Oh, and guess what? I'm so glad we covered that. Carl Malone did have a wrestling match in WCW. Okay, moving on. Well, next character <laughs> we're going to talk about is Mario Ruopolo. I don't know how to say it. Nailed, nailed Let's call it. him Mario. But it's from the film Il Postino. And I think that people forget that, that Il that Postino. Means po- that means the postman, by the way. Look at you. Yeah. It was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars not that long ago. Wait, not like really? a million years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, talk about stuff you forget. Um, but the real reasons for its success was seriously the performance given by Massimo Trossi. That's who plays Mario. Um, it was clearly a passion project, giving that. So he delayed heart surgery to finish the film, only to die of heart failure 12 hours after principal photography wrapped. Nice. That's metal right there. That is something. Um, he was... Um, posthumously nominated for best actor oscar but is it's a truly like this is a spellbinding performance it's a young man he's dissatisfied with his station in life and he ends up being hired by a a local exiled poet to handle his incoming post Mm. Um, but the chemistry between the two is it really sells the film it's a great movie it's touching it's heartfelt so i highly recommend that and he's just one of the i don't know cinema's most affable postman i do i do like affable (laughs) then then you should definitely see it so yeah that's a that's a really great film who Uh, else do we have digging deep and i like it oh we're getting in there so myron larrabee oh that's a terrible cinematic (laughs) king that is sinbad everybody so myron larrabee is co-starred uh Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jingle All the Way. Oh, man, I do enjoy that movie. So if you've never seen it, Sinbad. It is far from a great film, I am going to say. It's an entertaining movie, I'll say that much. I guess so. 
So Sinbad plays the antagonist for Arnold Schwarzenegger as they both go around town on December 24th trying to buy the hottest toy of the season because they're both terrible dads and didn't think to do this ahead of time. And basically it's just... He's so put upon. He's so overworked. It's such a thing like these guys care about their job so much that they don't even get a chance to go get gifts for their kids because they're too busy taking your And you know that postal workers must be like during Christmas. How awful is that? Oh, they got to be pulling their hair out trying to get all this stuff done. So he's trying to get this all done. He's got all this pressure from work. He's dedicated to his job and it's also driving him a little bit crazy. But it's such a fun movie. I, I will say Christmas I don't one. I don't really think it's a great movie, but I do like that it has like a severely overlooked element going for it, which is how pointedly it critiques the greedy consumerized nature of Christmas. Oh, absolutely. So I appreciate that part of the it's a, film. It's ahead of its time, man, when they were dealing with that kind of stuff. Now it's just kind of known never go out uh on Black Friday, because you're going to get hurt if you try yeah, to Yeah, that's just, like, gross. Um, we're pretty much out of time, but I do want to mention, even though it's such a short scene, but Agent K from Men in Black 2, speaking great. of not great in movies. Case you d- in case you, yeah, oh boy, don't even get me started on that. But <laughs> he, that scene is pretty good. So the first Men in Black, if you remember, it ends with Agent K, so that's Tommy Lee Jones, and he's telling, you know, Will Smith that... I wasn't training you as a partner. I was training you as a replacement. So he retires. He wants to go back to like his life. Um, so when they start the sequel, we first find Agent K and he's working at a post office in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's wearing like little postal shorts and it's really great. He thinks that he was in a coma for like 35 years or something stupid because they erased his mind. Of course. Um, it's really funny because Tommy Lee Jones is such a master of like the straight face comedy um so like there's like aliens and stuff dancing in the post office and it's 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 pretty good it's it's one solid scene um i know as a kid i used to hope that that was true like i hope there's aliens back there they have that little um i think my i think my dad would agree that it's possible that some of the people working at the post office were aliens in disguise. He's, um, not, he's just not allowed to tell us. That. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. That's the secret. The truth is out there. Um, okay, there's a couple more things out there, but we're going to let you go and find them on their own as you discover the uh, the post office. So, Jacob, yeah. why don't you plug us up? So, everything that we suggested here on All Booked Up is going to be available at your local library. We have 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Stop on by and check it out. Check our website at www.buffalolib.org to see if there's modified hours and everything. And to just check our catalog, get yourself all set up. Look at your own account online, get some ebooks, audiobooks, all that good stuff. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod, where you get to join in the shenanigans and suggest uh, new show ideas because, man, Sometimes we're struggling to come up with stuff. To we're talk struggling about. as long as the world stays terrible, though, and there's things in the news. Then there's always things. See, we that, can that's talk the best about. part about the show. But we definitely always, need we'll, fresh movies. Yeah, we'll, we'll always have topics because everything is always awful. I'm gonna end with a couple more postal facts. As we know, it is crazy, but for 55 cents, you can literally send a letter regardless of geographic location anywhere in the United States. We are so used to that. I think we forget that that's actually amazing. Yeah, no, no not everybody has that, guys. So yeah, think that's, about that. That's great the postal service is at the core of a 1.6 trillion dollar u.s mailing industry that employs more than 7.3 million people mm-hmm. so that's a lot of stuff it also employs more than 97,000 military veterans it's one of the largest employers of veterans in the country oh. also a big deal and the biggest thing and 
there's more to this because at this point they do need help and bailout. But zero tax dollars are used for the post office. They receive no tax dollars for operating expenses and they rely on the sale of postage products and services to fund its operations. Granted, like we said, since that new law passed in mm-hmm. 2006, it's been a bigger struggle for them. But otherwise, you know, they've kept themselves afloat. So everyone get out there, buy your stamps, get yourself a little USPS winter hat. Um, we don't need don't fall to, to tem- don't fall to temptation of FedEx and UPS, everybody. You use the USPS. That's where it's at. Do it. If you're planning on voting by mail, get that right away so that they're not all backed up. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.